you gotta have a thin mint with some milk, and you gotta eat the whole sleeve. There's no yeah serving Once size. Once you're into that sleeve, that's it. <laughs> What's a serving size of Girl Scout cookies? The whole sleeve. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. This is episode 11 of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts, brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Christen, and thanks for listening for the first time in this decade. We're coming to you for the first time in nearly one month. Our last episode was in mid-December, and now we are ringing in the new year by wrapping up the college football season. And joining me to do so, sitting to my left, is Blade Sports columnist David Briggs. What, what? Welcome to the Roaring Twenties, boys. Roaring Twenties, fresh from a trip to the desert, where you told me it was raining every day, ironically. So that had to be fun. Sitting to my right is technical producer Phil Kaplan. Phil, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, y'all. It is a new year. New Year, new us, maybe. We'll find out. Still a heartbroken Buckeyes fan. A couple weeks later. We'll get into that shortly here. <laughs> Sports editor Scott McNeish will join us later on, as he does each show. So as I mentioned, we're putting the college football season to bed as we know it. Ohio State and Michigan both bounced from their respective bowl games. Ohio State bounced from the college football playoff by Clemson. 29-23, to Phil, sorry. We know what happened. Ohio State up 16 nothing. It did not go well from there. And Briggs, you wrote it yourself, the ultimate... What if game from Ohio State? They kick three field goals within Clemson's red zone in the first half. They're up 16 nothing. You think, okay, it's a two-and-a-half score lead. Things are fine. Well, things were not fine. <laughs> so just the general takeaways I think we could start with as a safety net Yeah. from your experience and from what you saw in Glendale. I still can't believe Ohio State lost with how – forcefully they came out and just completely dominated the game in every way for that first 20 minutes you look at the first I mean it was I think they had 300 yards before Clemson had 100 um again as you alluded to as you said the missed opportunities more than anything was the inability to bury them early they could have gone up you know 28 nothing at best but even if you get two touchdowns or or even three you're up 22 25 nothing or 24 nothing, and um, and you've probably uh, put the nail in the coffin. On top of that, more so than that, I can't believe from the emails and the Twitter and even poking on the message boards just to see what's going on with the, the kind of the uh, emotions of the fan base, I can't believe how many fans think that the fix was in and that ESPN is pulling the strings. I can see Phil over there looking at me saying, yeah, ESPN's rigging this thing. I know they are. but <laughs> You and I it have is. ESPN because I'm thinking the same thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it is interesting. You know, you look at, uh, just to go over the, the big conspiracy theory, and it's more than just kind of that that fringe of fans. I, it's 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 complete. I, I just feel like it's it's a symptom of our society no longer can any team ever lose a close big game anymore there has to be some deep state deep state conspiracy to explain it whether it's can you imagine if ohio state was on the other end of the 2002 flag in the national championship mm-hmm. game against miami or the the spot in 2016 against michigan you know fans are acting like ohio state's always you know gotten the you know the screws put to them by the officials but 
so it's interesting. I mean, and and the bottom line is, it makes no sense. If ESPN was rigging these games, every game would be the levers would be pulled in favor of Ohio State, which is the most watched program in the country, moves the needle as much as any program in the country, along with Alabama and Notre Dame. They do not want a small school from South Carolina in the championship game. That's not their dream matchup. Sometimes calls go both ways. Sometimes they get it wrong. It's sports. It happens. Let's all move on. Well, the ACC network was just started up by ESPN, of course. So, Oh, uh, absolutely. There's one name that can debunk the whole conspiracy theory train, and that's Joe Burrow. Because <laughs> there's not one person in this country that doesn't live in South Carolina that doesn't want to see Ohio State versus Joe Burrow in the national championship. I mean, right. that's bottom line. And for anyone to think that ESPN would lose viewers, put that in air quotes, by having Ohio State against LSU is just completely misguided. Yeah. Oh, my, that's the dream matchup for sure. Ohio State-LSU, that would have been a ratings monster. Do you think that LSU is going to roll Clemson, whereas like LSU and OSU would be a kind of a toss-up? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting point. I think LSU will win. The offense is as good of an offense I've ever seen, and the defense has come along a little bit. Um, I think I picked them by a field goal a, uh, a week ago or something. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I do think Clemson will give them a game. I, I do agree that Ohio State looked like the better, more well-coached, complete, and more talented team. Um, but – if Clemson was able to beat this Ohio State team, which I still believe is the best and most complete team of my lifetime, I would differentiate between best and greatest. For you to be the greatest, you got to finish the job. That would be 1968, 02, 14, run down the list of Ohio State's national championships. But if we're just talking the best team in a generation from a pure talent and, and everything perspective, this is the best where pretty much all the stars aligned in a lot of ways. So if you're able to beat that Ohio State team, it's just impossible to take you lightly. I do think they'll – I mean, they absolutely have the talent to hang, and they absolutely can win this game. Let's move on to Michigan here. Now, Michigan loses in the Citrus Bowl to Alabama 35-16. And Briggs, in your column back on January 3rd, I went back and dug way deep five <laughs> days ago, a whole five days for this. And you asked the question, what is the next step for Michigan? And you weren't sure there is one because we've talked about it on podcast past how Jim Harbaugh is making the third most money for any major college Division One football coach in the country. He's getting paid to win, I guess we could say championships, whether it's Big Ten or college football national. But here we are again, another top team loss for Jim Harbaugh, 0-5 against Ohio State and 1-4 in Bulls. I mean, what is the next step for Michigan? Have you figured it out yet? <laughs> it's taken me a week, but I think I've figured it out. The next step is another 9-3 and season. Um no, it's <laughs> no. I mean, it's I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for us to talk about. It's hard to write about. There, there, there has been no next step. We're writing the same things every year. Michigan's good, but they're never great. Uh, you know, their their only trips are to you know South Africa and and Europe and and wherever, but never Indianapolis, where the fans want them to go. And I, the thing I think is interesting is, look, Michigan's fine. I mean, Harbaugh's a good coach. The program's fine. I think the stat is, you know, he's one of the top 10 most winningest coaches in the past 10 years. But the annual bar lowering and the rationalizations and the justifications from some of the fans who want to continue to support Harbaugh, that support is waning, of course. But the people who want to continue lowering the bar every year is what I find very interesting. If you had told Michigan fans five years ago when Harbaugh came that 
five years in, you weren't going to win a single Big Ten East championship. You're never going to go to the Big Ten title game. You're going to lose to Ohio State every year. You're going to get your doors blown off in the bowl games. No one would have signed up for that. They would have said, it's not worth it. You know, why would we pay somebody $8 million a year to do that? And now it's just kind of like, oh, this is what Michigan's always been. They try to put Michigan in a broader historical context and say, you know, this is just what Michigan is. Ohio State's the only northern power. You can't compete with the South. You know, we're the only school doing it the right way. It's just one thing after another. And watching the game, you heard Greg McElroy, the announcer. He's like, look, you know just a couple plays here and there and and that's a different game with Ohio State. I know fans don't want 9 and 3 seasons, but Michigan is a great program. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, no, they're not. Like it's a it's a fine program, but it's Harbaugh is not getting it done and doesn't seem like that's changing. Well, there's a point in each coaching regime, I suppose. When you get to a level like this when you're expected to win, you get to that towards the top of the mountain. Right. And then that big game a la Ohio State or a bowl game, what have you, comes along. And then the fans go from, we're going to beat them, right. to, oh crap, here we go again. Yeah. And I feel like, judging from reaction, local reaction at least, that's where Jim Harbaugh, that's the threshold that he's approaching. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this is the this is the worst kind of purgatory. Like I wrote, you know, Harbaugh is too good to get rid of him. He's too good to where he probably would, I don't know, just just resign to his fate and, and walk away. He probably feels like they're they're close enough to where maybe just a few changes here and there. Maybe he can get him over the hump. So you're just kind of just stringing along and stringing along, and you're never quite getting there. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's good to just, you know, have some, have some clarity. Like, I don't know, Auburn a few years ago, you know, Gene Chizik comes in and wins a national title in his second year, and then it's just so bad after that that he's fired two years later. That's not with Michigan. They're just very consistent solid good program again but when are they gonna take the next step who knows and there's more questions going into next year as the Shea Patterson era ends Dylan McCaffrey Joe Milton a quarterback battle is assuming to ensue so we'll obviously see what happens there Briggs before we get you out of here I want to introduce kind of a new segment here on Glass City Game Time again new year new us we're doing this oh yeah we're hitting it here we go it's a segment I called do we care and I think I don't care. As journalists, we're asking this question every day, right? Do we care about this happening, that happening? Social media always cares, right? They always yeah. seem to, at least. So there's I kind always, of there's always two people on a thread. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. There's somebody else there to talk about. I'll give a statement, and I'll ask you simply. I already know I'm going to be angry about this. Okay, <laughs> so let's do it, and feel free to chime in, Phil. Got a hot take. As I do. Got a hot take waiting. As Scott comes in, oh man, he gets to join in on the fun too. Oh, man. Scott, welcome in. Thank you. This is what happens when you tape live, live tape. You have people walk into the studio. Plausibly live, right? <laughs> Plausibly live, uh, acceptably live. So let's do this, Scott. Since you just walked in, I'll reintroduce it. This is a new segment we're going to do, and it's simple. Okay. Three words. Do we care? Okay. We'll bring up a topic that social media seems to care about, and see if we here at the Blade do. Or do not, but based on our opinion. Okay. The statement I bring to you, gentlemen, today. The Big Ten finished 4-5 in five in bowl games. Do we care? That's a great question. I don't care one way or another. But I don't know it's, if it's it really interesting. Mean, it is interesting. The, I don't know if it really matters. People seem to be into it. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter because 
I don't know. It, the thing that's so interesting is that so easily could have flipped, and we could have just as easily been having a conversation of why the Big Ten was the best conference in the country this year. It's kind of unbelievable. You look at the, the end of the Indiana-Tennessee game. Indiana gagged that one away. Wisconsin, you know, by all rights, kind of outplayed Oregon in the Rose Bowl. That's one they'll be kicking themselves for a while. And just like we were talking about with Ohio State and Clemson, I think Ohio State, for as devastating as that loss was for them and kind of hanging over them as an all-time what-if, I think a lot of people who neutral observers would say Ohio State was at the least the equals of the defending national champion. So that could have easily been a 7-2 and two record with a couple plays here and there. I hate saying that. It did. I mean, what happened happened, but I think Ohio State proved it was as good of a league as, as any in the country this year. Every year I think that argument changes. The SEC is sure. the best. The Big right. 12 is the best. The Big 10. But – them never finish, the Pac-10. Never the Pac-12. Never the Pac-12. West Coast bias, East Coast bias. But four and five in bowl games when you have Ohio State supposedly one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team in the country, and then you get Michigan playing Alabama saying, this is it, we're going to get over the hump, and then it doesn't happen. Four and five, and the conversation continues into SEC is the superior and all that. So that's why I posed the question. No. Fine, I'm angry. Revolving it. See, I got you fired up. So apparently... <laughs> We do care. I think it matters who the Big Ten played. I think you have to look at the individual matchups if they beat a MAC team in the whatever the Motor City Bowl is called now. Yeah. What is it? The Quick Lane Bowl. Yeah. I, I think that that, that is, is a little a, deceiving. Yeah. Plus, now with essentially three games only mattering, there's a lot of players who are skipping bowl games for the draft or <laughs> maybe like Alabama for the first half against Michigan and really didn't care. I think it's a little deceiving regardless of, of whether it's a good record or a bad record. It is a good point on the deception because, as I pointed out, and I think it was ESPN who pointed the stat out, Rutgers has more bowl victories than Michigan in the last 20 years. And as a few Care. fans Care. as as a few Care. as a few fans on Twitter said, that is a skewed stat. Rutgers has played easier teams in those bowl games, while Michigan has played tougher teams. And lost worse. And lost worse. So... <laughs> That's uh, that's where we're at here. Do we care the Irishman? Yes or no? Rate it four out of five stars. How where four. are we at here? Four. I'm a I'm at a four. You're at a four. It takes so long to watch it though. <laughs> I'm at a four. Yeah, you have to. I think <laughs> Phil mentioned it. You have to watch it in segments. You have to like two movies it almost. Briggsy, thanks for your time. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned, those of you listening. We're gonna take a sh- few seconds here, and then we'll be joined for a private segment with our sports editor Scott McNeish. And we'll play a little game called Likes and Dislikes with a couple of Ohio State and Michigan topics. It's going to be exciting. Again, New Year, New Us. We're doing this on Glass City Game Time. All right, wrapping up episode number 11 of Glass City Game Time. Joining me now is Blade Sports Editor Scott McNeish for the Editor's Perspective. Now, Scott, want to play a new little segment here. Bring it on. Likes and dislikes, playing off of social media here. Again, we did the do we care, and that was stemming from internet maybe overreaction to some of the stuff that goes on. In this case, it's the Big Ten. But for the likes and dislikes, I want to throw one Ohio State topic and one Michigan topic and see what happens. So for Ohio State, falling short in the college football playoff, had the 16 nothing lead, fall to Clemson, Considered the best Ohio State team ever, potentially, if they end up winning it all. Sure. Not necessarily the case now. 
like or dislike that Ohio State will be the best team in college football next season? I like that. I don't know if I'll like and retweet it, but I'll like it. <laughs> um, they have so much coming back. They have Justin Fields still. They are losing Chase Young and, and a lot of other good, talented players, J.K. Dobbins. Um, but what they've been able to do in recruiting is up there with anybody in the country. Uh, I think that they're going to be right up there in the conversation. Are they the best? Maybe. Yeah, so I'll like that. I think that losing players is a huge deal, huger deal than maybe maybe more people make it out to be, and it could just be me, but getting Justin Fields back to build with that offense. I know J.K. Dobbins is leaving for the draft, but Master Teague is no slouch. Mm. I think he was sixth in the conference in rushing <laughs> yeah. as a backup running back, right. which is crazy to me. He's just a straight-line runner, though. Yeah. He doesn't he, or has not shown yet the vision that, that Dobbins showed. I well, think polishing lo- off is what he'll need. I think losses like that to the draft or graduation hurt more for programs that aren't as consistent as Ohio State has been. Mm-hmm. When you have players of that kind of caliber and you lose them and you're Baylor, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time staying at that kind of level than your Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama. Well, Baylor just lost a coach, so I mean... <laughs> yeah, they're really in trouble. A little, little different there, but... When you add Julian Fleming, a guy like him, the, sure. num- the one of the top re- receiving uh, recruits in the nation, to the mix of Chris Olave and to the mix of Jeremy Ruckert as a tight end, and you get Justin Fields for another season, who, by the way, went 40-1 to touchdown <laughs> to interception, I, I just think that's a recipe for something great. So I like that as well. Phil, do you like that? I like it. I think even though it was like... God, it just seemed like they were supposed to win that game, and they didn't. I think that almost helps Fields coming back. Certainly Fields and Olave are the way... That that taste is not going to leave their mouths like all... I mean, those dudes are going to work hard and be the leaders of that team, like, for sure. I think it'd be one of those situations where you learn more from a loss than a win yeah. kind of a deal because they didn't really feel... Didn't really experience a whole lot of adversity this year, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's going to help them to experience that against potentially the best team in college football. Well, and another year of Ryan Day on the sidelines. He now has experience. Sure. And that's a big factor in all that. This is the one that I think is a little more conversational. It regards Michigan. Like or dislike, Jim Harbaugh is the guy, the guy that's going to carry Michigan to more prosperous grounds. Now, what prosperous grounds are may be subjective, Right. A Big Ten title. Uh, let's start with Big Ten East. Get to the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Win a Big Ten Championship or go to the college football playoff or win a national championship. There's literally four steps that he has not eclipsed yet. Is Jim Harbaugh the guy? Or is it time for the University of Michigan to maybe look in the mirror and say, okay, is this it? That is a fascinating question, and I'm going to like it, and here's why. I'm going to like it because I think he's going to have to be the guy because I don't think he's going to leave. I think his stock has has tumbled so much that it's not a situation where maybe a couple years ago we say, all right, Jim Harbaugh's going to come in, he's going to be the savior, he's going to go back to the NFL. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think he's going to leave, and I don't think Michigan's going to fire him. So I think I'm going to like this because I think it's going to have to be him well, <laughs> until that, he decides that he doesn't want to be there. Was well, that not unhealthy? 
is that not unhealthy when maybe like they have a notion that they should get rid of him but won't and maybe he has a notion that he's not the guy but won't leave and then there's some conflict there yeah it's very unhealthy he's holding the program hostage essentially and that's really not a good thing for uh for a football program but um yeah i think he's gonna be the guy if they're gonna get anywhere because i think he's gonna be there for a really long time it's not like he doesn't have the chances because he's consistently pulling in top tier recruiting classes sure he's not pulling you know mid-level no offense to anybody listening but mac levels yeah right right i mean he is nearing the cream of the crop in terms of recruiting classes second in the big 10 of course to ohio state and what have you across the country but the proof is kind of in the pudding. 0-5 against Ohio State, 1-4 in bowl games, just got smacked by Alabama after leading at halftime. And Michigan fans, we mentioned with Briggs, they kind of get near the top of that mountain, and they're like, oh, crap, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You can't feel good as a Michigan fan or an alumnus, what have you, to think that. So that's why I provoked the question. Phil, like or dislike? <laughs> I... I- Maybe this isn't fair, but I cannot help but feel like Jim Harbaugh is Michigan's John Cooper, and that and that he 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 brought that program out of its actual like nadir, like with Brady and Rich Rodriguez, and so it's better than that. But he's never he he's shown he's not gonna beat. If everything's equal, he's gonna lose to Ohio State. If everything's equal, he's gonna lose his bowl game. But he's. He's brought that program out of the um, oh crap we're losing to Appalachian State like area. That they almost in. lost Army. No, I understand <laughs> that, but Army wasn't turned out to be okay. Yeah, but I just I think I can't remember the circumstances where Ohio State transitioned from John Cooper to Jim Tressel. I don't rem- I don't remember how that I don't remember if Tressel became available. I don't remember if Ohio State fired Cooper and sought Tressel. Well, Tressel took Youngstown State to four national championships. I remember that. And then I, I, I was too young for this, so <laughs> I have to dig back well, into my Youngstown. archives. This, yeah, I have to you dig grew back into this foundation. That's what I'm saying. I have to dig back into my hometown archives. I believe that Ohio State sought out Tressel for that. I, I think I think that Michigan is going to end up sticking with Harbaugh until somebody emerges who is is better. And they need, and as an Ohio State fan, I don't want them to do this, but they need some guy in a sweater vest, right, who comes in and says, in 362 days, we're going to beat the Buckeyes. You know, and, like, that's his only goal. Because, because Harbaugh, Harbaugh has balanced the ship now. But I don't, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna take it to where they, the program ultimately wants to be. I think this. I think Harbaugh's basically at his ceiling. For me, it's all about a quarterback. And you hear some fans say, you know, they're only a quarterback away. If he develops an elite quarterback that can light it up, you're talking about a completely different viewpoint from from Michigan football because you have a defense that can hang in against most teams, but. He has not been able to do that, and that was supposed to be his claim to fame coming in, and it makes you wonder, maybe he got lucky with Andrew Luck, pun intended, and he wasn't the one who built Andrew Luck, as everyone seemed to think uh, before he got to Ann Arbor. So they really need to figure that out, because Shea Patterson did not get better <laughs> when he got here. Like. <laughs> yeah, you can like that. Um, and it, it maybe Milton's the guy. 
but man, they don't have the top notch recruits at quarterback that you would expect with him. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't think they're they're a quarterback away from, you know, beating Alabama. But I think they could be more along the lines in that conversation if they had somebody at that position that, that everyone expected when Jim Harbaugh was hired. Well, in terms of quarterbacks, you would have to think this would be it. Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, both Harbaugh-recruited guys, right. right? You would think that the guy that's the quote-unquote, I hate using this quarterback guru, yeah, would bring in these two guys and has the ability to figure it out and finally carry them into those prosperous grounds. So... We're kind of on the fence on a lot of stuff here with Jim Harbaugh and with Michigan, but it's evident that he's got the keys to the car and they're going to let him drive it until it runs out of gas. Right. So, so, so yeah, back to your original question, I'll, I'll like it, and but it's because I think he's going to be there and he's not going anywhere and they're not going to get rid of him, so it's going to have to be him. Scott, any final thought before we get out of here? I'm excited about uh, 2020 on Glass City Game Time. We're going to try to bring you guys some some fun stuff that uh, you can't get anywhere else. We're, we're coming at you with walleye hockey, mud hens baseball, Indians baseball, Tigers baseball this year, high school athletics when March stuff happens. We're coming at you with a lot of stuff this year, and I'm excited too. Phil, any final thought? I'm happy for 2020. Happy New Year, y'all. Um, I'm working on a Browns Insider segment. Yes. <laughs> this is the best time to be a Browns fan. The offseason season unbridled optimism, no consequences to any decisions, and you can just speculate out into the horizon freely. Every, Beautiful time of year. Everybody's <laughs> O and O for next season right now. So keep that in mind. Oh no, we're we're hitting right now. When you're O and O, that's not how Browns fans look at it. We're we're getting ready for, we're gearing up for the big game. We're gonna make a run for the Super Bowl. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna draft great. We're gonna get the right GM. We're gonna get the right coach. This is gonna be our year. Is this peak optimism? Yep. There you go. Yep. That's a peak optimism is actually probably the night before the draft. Mm. Because as soon as you get to the draft, you start to get to reality. Mm-hmm. And then you get to OTAs, a little more reality, preseason, more reality, and then the first game of the season, then it's the worst time to be a Browns Oh, but we're a ways away from that now, yep. aren't we? Yep. Those of you listening in, please, don't forget, you can find us on ToledoBlade.com on Blade News Slide, and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, basically wherever podcasts are found. You can search Glass City Game Time, and you will find us. So for David Briggs, for Scott McNeish, and for Phil Kaplan, my name is Corey Crisson. We'll talk to you next week.